Let me ask you a question or several questions. Since the time you arrived at camp, or maybe even before that, when you were packing in your, in your home, getting everything ready, yesterday, the day before, now did you have certain emotions that you know were not right? Or did you even notice certain emotions that maybe ran through you and caused a lot of problems at home? Were you irritated? Impatient? Frustrated? Upset? Annoyed? Anyone say no? Absolutely no. Alright? Maybe the children, right? And they don't have to do anything. Parents are taking care of everything. They just wait to come. Maybe the only thing they're annoyed about, why have we not left yet? When are we going? When are we going? Emotions. Emotions. Emotions run through us through the day, very often, unnoticed by ourselves. Certain emotions are detrimental. But for many of us, we don't even realize that. For this morning's devotion, we want to read verses 3 and 4. I've covered 1 and 2 in our church prayer meeting. Now, we want to look at verses 3 and 4 of Proverbs chapter 27. Let's read Proverbs 27 verses 3 and 4 together. A stone is heavy and a sand weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than them both. Wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous, but who is able to stand before envy? May God bless the reading of His Word and the understanding of it to our hearts. Now, these emotions described here in verse 3, a particular emotion of wrath, of wrath. Anyone think that you are not a wrathful person? Well, by and large, I'm gentle. Yeah, of course, you know, I, I do get upset, irritated. But, well, nothing close to this person mentioned in verse 3, a fool's wrath, right? Someone who... It's not like me, you know. Yeah, I get angry a bit once in a while, but that's about it. Now, what is this wrath here? What is this wrath? Are we guilty of it? Is it present in our lives? Now, this message is about detrimental emotions. Detrimental emotions. While we think that we are not wrathful people, all right? Now, especially this word is often used to describe God's wrath, right? God's wrath. What is really this wrath? Now, this, this particular wrath is different as we study afterwards from the wrath in verse 4 and the anger in verse 4. Now, this wrath describes an emotion of being vexed. You know vexed? Vx, vexed. Someone who is vexed. In other words, someone who is frustrated, there is grief, there is, there is um, anger, there is unhappiness, being irked and annoyed, agitated, alright? Now, we're not saying that 
The Christian should not have any wrath at all. Because like I mentioned, this word is used to describe, to describe God's wrath. Now the difference between God's wrath, the righteous wrath, and this wrath, God says this is a foolish wrath. Alright? Wrath of the foolish person. Why is it foolish? Now God's wrath, God hates sin. God's wrath is holy, righteous. We are supposed to be angry at sin. We are supposed to be um, frustrated, vexed and grieved at sin. But this is not that kind of righteous wrath. wrath. It is foolish because it is wrath that is stemming from our flesh. God is angry at something because it is sin. We get angry and upset and annoyed at things simply because we don't like it. All right? It's not God's holy standard. It's not God's um, view of sin. It is just our view of this irks me. This irritates me. It could be, example like, well, you know, I, I have this pain. I think maybe family members will understand. Right? Maybe your spouse have this, have this problem and then they're always just very irked by it, upset, easily annoyed, angry. Some of you, you notice that in your children. Hmm? Something that they don't like the moment it happens, they scream, they cry. Well, some children say, no. I notice a lot of this in daddy and mommy. Now, can we say that we don't have this kind of wrath? When you begin to understand this particular wrath, then we have to admit this kind of easily being easily vexed, easily provoked, occurs in me. It is, unless you say, yeah, we never get, angry, get upset like that. Something falls onto the ground, breaks at home, there is no emotions of, ah, oh, why this happened? You know, maybe one example is to say, we, we often think, <coughs> actually, I, I find myself doing that often, right? This message is for me. I'm doing something then, something drops, or I'm typing that, oh, the whole thing gets deleted, you know, famous Microsoft, right? Lots of problems. Then when I fixed it, and then another update, and then when I boot my laptop, all sorts of problems start again. <coughs> Annoyed. Easily provoked. Well, some people, they get very vexed at their poor memory as they grow old. Hmm? We see that. I cannot remember. I'm very frustrated. I cannot remember this. I cannot remember that. You walk in the room, you can't remember that. Ah. Now, this is this kind of that internal, easily annoyed, upset. It's not God's kind of wrath that He's angry at sin. Boiling inside us. Resentful. Now, it's also like being easily offended. This word describes being indignant, alright? At, well, being offended or perception of being offended. Who can say that we, we hardly go through life being offended by others? Imagine that someone is saying something about us or look, look, that person is doing that again. Then we get very indignant. Or we get indignant that this is due to me. This is 
this service should be accorded to me. So this is not like this outburst, you know, you can be queuing up, queuing up. And then the waitress serves someone else instead of you, your, it's your turn. So inside, well, you may not have an outburst in the shop, but inside you're hurt, you're resentful. You're unique, like, it's my turn. Something is due to you, you did not receive it. Then you grumble, you get upset, complain and complain through the day. Spoils your day. That bad temperedness. Well, someone say, oh, that's my boss at work, right? But we seldom think that's us. Actually, in reality, very often at home, something that happens very often between spouses. Singles are not spared, right? Things that happen around you that did not turn out the way you wanted it. Now, these are emotions that God says, these are fools, wrath. We must admit, these are present with us. Don't think that it's an outburst, it is this um, um, rage that you fall into. You say, ah, I'm not that kind of person. Well, actually in verse 4 now, wrath is cruel. That, that is that different wrath. That is the outburst. Then in verse 4, anger is outrageous. That is overflowing, right? It's obvious. See, I'm not like that. I, I do control myself. But this is that fool's wrath that's happening inside you. You let it go on. Well, the next person may not even know. The person sitting next to you may not even know. But is that inside us? There is someone who is like that. Now, this, these are detrimental emotions. The Christian must identify them and take them very seriously. Why? Because God said it's a fool's wrath. It's very foolish if you let it continue. In itself, it's foolish. It's fool's wrath. Continue allowing it to take hold of your life and you let it continue. It's a very foolish thing, detrimental to you. How do you know that? Verse 3 says, God says, a stone is heavy. A stone is heavy. And then it says, well, the fool's wrath, heavier than them both. One of them is stone. Heavier. God talks about this heaviness about this kind of wrath. So please don't take this emotion lightly. Don't take it lightly. Don't dismiss it and say, well, it's fine. Now this comparison to heavy stone, all right? Comparison to heavy stone. Well, what are some examples of the, a picture that we should have in our minds? There are three Ds I hope that we remember about why we should avoid, why we should deal with this kind of hot-temperedness within us and not let it continue. Now, the first D is, it is dangerous. It is dangerous. Now, have you ever been in a situation where something very heavy, all right, traps you? You know, in those days, we know, right, the tomb, the tombs, they would roll this heavy stone. They wanted to make sure, like in Christ's case, this very heavy stone covers this entrance. There is the person in there is trapped in there. Christ cannot get out of it, even if he resurrects, right? Trapping. This heaviness holds you down. Now, some people have this fear, right? When they go to certain places and um, hiking, they say, they keep looking up. Any heavy things, any rocks coming down that will collapse, crush me. 
that can't control heavy, right? Some, some of them would not go out. Recently, I read someone, read a news of someone who went out hiking, and then these this piles of heavy stone <coughs> fell, right? After that, she said, I'll never, I'm not going nature walks anymore. Because it's a scary thought. Now, it's dangerous because it traps you. It holds you down. It's so heavy. It bogs you down. Don't take this lightly, my friends. Don't go through the day and, and get trapped in this kind of character. You know, we can go on and on. Why is it dangerous? Go on and on to a point where we think it is fine. Maybe your family members, your children, your flatmates, your colleagues, they know, oh, this person is really fiery. But you think it's justified, right? I'm, it's justified for me to get upset. Why did they not design it this way? Hmm. You, bought, you bought something and it didn't work and then and you throw it on the table. Why like that? Everyone around you oh, better stay away. Right? You, you, you just carry on in this behavior. It goes on and on until you, it's part of you. You're just trapped inside that character, that behavior. And you don't think you need to change. Like this person say, I'm not going hiking anymore. I remember that huge stone that came down. Now, if it trapped me there, how am I going to get out of it? You know, people who let this kind of characteristic easily vexed, easily annoyed, easily irritated, and let it go on, it's like someone trapped in a tomb, buried alive in the darkness of your angry mind. You may not think it is, you take it lightly, it's nothing, but it keeps going on inside you. These are dangerous emotions, trapped in that character. Why else is it dangerous? It's dangerous because we develop an unforgiving attitude. Unforgiving. Every Sunday you pray, forgive us of our trespasses, we forgive those that trespass against us. But the moment you step out, something that your friend does, your someone in church does, um, your spouse, your family member does, your parents, you get upset again and then you just let it boil and boil and boil and the whole day you hold it against the person. You get trapped in that kind of thing. It's suffocating. You know when something is crushing you, it's heavy? It's suffocating. You don't even realize it. The whole day, your day is just like that. But it has become you. In fact, these can be emotions that you won't try to get rid of. You just dismiss it as fine. So much so that your family members dare not even tell you. You know, sometimes people say, when, they, when something is troubling them so much, they are so angry, so irritated, so annoyed, and then this problem gets solved, and then they say the words, the words right? Oh, like a big, big um, boulder lifted off my chest. Ah, this is the heavy. So my friends, it is a dangerous emotion. Don't, don't let it continue. Now what else? What else? The second D. Not only don't take it lightly and say nothing, it's not dangerous. Second D, it's 
deceptive. It's deceptive. How do we know that? Now, how does God compare this kind of fool's anger? Now, he compares it after the stone. He compares it with sand. Sand is weighty. Sand. Why is it deceptive? Now, sand is a deceptive thing, right? You know. A little bit of it. No problem. All right? Trickle, trickle, trickle. Sand, just a little bit. Very light. Not weighty. But the deceptiveness of sand is when it begins to accumulate. When it begins to grow, piles up. It can become very deceptive. It can eventually crush and kill you. Now, I read this construction um, uh, person in, in the construction business, this professional. Now, he said this. Sand can weigh, sorry, it's American, all right? So, it is um, in pounds and cubic foot. Sand can weigh close to 90 pounds a cubic foot. And a cubic yard of dirt can be 2,000 pounds. And he said there have been cases of people being buried just to their knees. So, this is how deceptive it is. They are not like buried alive, you know, just to their knees. No higher than above the knee. And he says, they end up with, they end up dying from what is called crush syndrome in the building industry. Crush syndrome. Occupational Safety and Health um, Administration of the US, they have rules. Now, they say anything that is higher than, I think, three feet, you say three feet deep, there are certain rules in construction business. It may be just sand, shoring, sloping, all sorts of things must be put in place. And these construction professionals say, you know, sometimes I see videos of children playing in holes at the beach. They dig, 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 and they play. And then the parents are bigger. They dig, dig it deeper. And then they think it's very fun. Put the children inside, all right? Put, ah, say, a duck is so deep, and then the children, ah, and they say, oh, this is so fun. And this person says, he gets cold feet. It scares him to death, he says, to watch this. Because lay people do not understand the dangers of sand. Because it's so deceptive. Now, it says that just being buried to knee high. Why is there a crushing syndrome? Now, they begin to, they, they knew, they know in this industry, when your legs are covered up like that, the pressure from sand that when you grab a little handful, is light, right? So your legs are inside. Now, it says your arteries will begin to well, get crushed, clots up. It kills your entire vascular system, although it's just your legs inside. Starting with your extremities with a lack of oxygen. Lack of oxygen. Do you see oxygen? You just continue to breathe, but something is happening. Lack of oxygen, then it begins a slew of ailments that you cannot come back from. Why? Why? Because cell damage begins to happen, and when that happens, this crushing effect, harmful byproducts are released into the bloodstream that can shut down your kidneys hours or days after you have been freed. That is the weight of sand, what it can do to you. It's a deceptive thing. Don't take this lightly and don't just dismiss it and say it's nothing. Now, when we let this kind of characteristic 
which I believe, if you're honest, is very common. And it's grown to be even more common during the COVID period. People stay at home, very close, confined space, getting into each other's way, friction with one another, irritated at one another. If you are honest, you admit that. The children see that, you feel that. But don't just say it's nothing and let it continue. Now it's deceptive to the point where you just constantly feel it is all right. Everybody is like that at work, right? You carry that behavior home. You don't think much of it. Now, dear friends, please do not say, I don't have this outburst, outrageous activity uh, um, of kind of anger. But if this is present with you, you must, you must know that some changes are occurring in you. And you may be slowly, 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 but surely suffocating. Damages are happening to your being, your soul. Now then it did, it leads to the next thing. The next D is destructive. It's destructive. Heavier than both. Heavier than them both is destructive. Well, for one, you know easily this ill temper, this easily let yourself be easily annoyed. Your blood pressure rises. Right? Many destructive things happen to your health. You can't sleep. Well, Something didn't go your way and then you go to bed upset at the person, upset at the situation, upset at the company. You know, recently I bought something. I bought a charger, right? I bought a charger from a well-known company that starts with S, you will know, right? For my phone. <laughs> Alright, so I bought it in March. In March. It has not arrived. Alright? It has not arrived. I call, and then the call center, now I have to give, it, give credit to the call center. They're extremely good. Hmm? They, they don't exhibit this wrath. Right? But I don't know what's happening inside them when I push them, right? I say, no, it's unreasonable. So I called them sometime in April, then in May, all right? Then in June, then in July, every conversation is the same thing. Oh, we've escalated it. Next one, escalated to the highest level, all right? We'll get someone to call you back. Every time is the same answer. But you all know, right? Every time you call, it's a different call person taking the call. How frustrating, how annoying, how irritating that is. And every time you have to re-explain, the blood begins to boil and, and all that, all right? Now, sometimes after that, I don't feel like eating. And begin to realize, you know, these kind of things are so be, so common in our lives. But God says it is dangerous, it is deceptive, it is destructive because now it also carries out, carries on to other things. You know, you can destroy your family. You can destroy relationships that you are in, your friendships. 
when you and I do not manage, control, when we, this kind of emotion, when we lightly brush it off, when we allow it to be part of how we are. You know, some people say, grumpy old man. Is it true? Come here, there's no grumpy old woman. There's always grumpy old men. Well, from my experience, I think it's true. Somehow, men, as we grow older, we switch roles, all right? In younger days, the women are very fiery, right? And then um, very, and then the men tends to defer to them, ah, don't deal with this, ah, avoid them. As we grow older, it seems to switch around, all right? The woman becomes very patient, and the man becomes very fiery, very grumpy, all right? Now, it can destroy families, destroy relationships. Your family members, your friends around you, those of you who are single, after some time, you may feel, ah, just, just stay away from this person. Friendships get broken. You know, I know of a person, this, this man, even from his younger days, all right? Always just irritated at things, annoyed at things, short-tempered at things, to the point where the family members are very afraid of him. To the point the family members really dread going home from school, young children. The spouse is, the, the wife is always just trying to avoid the husband. What kind of marriage is that? Is your marriage like that today? Has it been destroyed to that point? Maybe for the one who, who allows this kind of wrath to go on, do not realize because it's deceptive. But the rest around you are beginning to feel that. Now this person just let these things continue and continue and continue to the point where he feels that I behave like that and you know, people know that I'm upset at things. So morning to night, morning, I didn't get my thing. I didn't get my product. I didn't get my coffee this way. Then upset. Then the next thing, lunch, it's not the time that I wanted. And just go on and on and on and pile up and pile up and pile up. And finally, one Chinese New Year when I visited the family, they said, oh, there's a dad. They disowned him. Disowned him. The whole family kicked him out of the home. They couldn't take it anymore. Say so this person is, is destroying the whole home. Every time the person is around, the house is just like, like hell, they say. I mean, they're unbelievers. They say like hell. How destructive this emotion is and we think it's nothing. We think it's nothing. Now, so, I didn't have much time to prepare this message until, but these things were in my mind. Every time I call company S, right? I begin to realize, you know, it's like that in me as well. It's very easy, but I did not realize that I'm having an emotion that is very wrong. I thought I did not have an outburst on the phone with them, all right? I thought it was fine. Then when I began to realize, well, there are different kind of wrath. The wrath in verse 4, after we study. Now, this is the kind that's just vexed, upset, grieved, irritated, annoyed, frustrated, irked. This is that kind of Emotions, which, if we are honest, I think many of us have to admit. Right? After this family prayer tonight, Daddy, you're like that, you know, right? Or Mommy, you're like that, you know? Or in your chalet prayer, uh, sister or brother so-and-so, you know? 
I've always wanted to tell you. It destroys friendships. People avoid you. It destroys peace, destroys friendships. Are you such a person? You become intolerable to be around. You know, sometimes people organize holidays, right? They organize holidays. And then some people say, how is it that I never get invited to go with them? How is it that they do not invite me to go with them? All right? And then you know, uh, because of your temper, right? <laughs> because when we are there, we spoil the holiday. We are unpleasant to be around. It destroys yourself. You may not realize that. While you are having all these kind of vexations, all this kind of um, anger in you, you are really destroying yourself in so many ways. Now then, there is one thing that we have to realize as we study the book of Proverbs. Don't think for a moment that this is about how to help you realize and then live a life that will bring peace. It will. God's wisdom will have good effects. But don't think that this is just to help you have a happier family. It is true. If you take heed, it will. If you respond, it will. Because sometimes people say, you know, I like going to church. I like listening to all this wisdom from the Bible. And when I respond to them, I find that my family life is get, getting better. Now, someone told me, you know, well, it's very important we handle these kind of things, you know, because you know, when our children grow up, they will leave the home, and it's just my wife and I. I better handle this, because eventually, we, I don't want to have a marriage where we don't talk to one another, because now we don't. Is it like that in your home? You don't talk to one another anymore much? There are people who say, you know, when this person starts to behave like that and starts to have all these kind of emotions, I just rather not talk to the person. But it's okay, I can talk to my children, right? Maybe for the singles, you also think, well, I better deal with all this. If not, when I grow old, I have no friends. When I'm unwell, no one will come and help me because I'm a single, all right? People who have children, even they don't, can't tolerate their parents anymore, well, they will still help them, but I have no one. So I better deal with these things. Yes, if you deal with them, you will have these good side effects. You will have better health. The Word of God does have this kind of effect. But like I say, do not think that Proverbs is just for a better life on earth, a more peaceful family, a more be better friendships that I have. I get invited to more holidays and dinners to go out with people, you know. Don't think it's just for that. God says it's heavier than both of them. Why does God say, now, these two things together? Your wrath, you can put, you can compare individually and you put it together, it's still heavier than these things. It has a very, very destructive, deceptive, and dangerous effect in your spiritual usefulness to God.
That is why you must deal with it, not for a better life at home, among friends, on earth. Proverbs are given to us so that we know how to live on earth, deal with our sins. If we remain unrepentant in these sins, do you think we'll be useful to God? Just by this kind of behaviour, do you think you and I are good testimonies? We keep saying, I want to glorify God. I want to be a witness for God, which is very good. I'm thankful. Many of you pray that. But how do we behave at home to strangers, to friends in church? How is it like? When we don't deal with this, do you think God will use us? He won't. He cannot. When we don't deal with these things, now effectively, can you be effective as a head of the home? Can you be effective as a help to your husband? Can you be effective as a single serving in the church? No one will work with you. When we form committees, if you're in it, people will say, uh, maybe pastor, I help in something else. You will become useless to God. So such emotions, my friends, not uh, dealing with them, not, for, not just simply for a better life on earth. There are spiritual, there must be spiritual motivations for us to deal with these things. Remember that. Before we move to envy, I just want to paint this picture. God says, you know, fool's wrath is heavier than them both. Imagine yourself, you go hiking, you enter a cave, all seems fine. When you're in the cave, you feel quite good, nice and cool. Wow, you know, all the stalactite, stalagmites, you're admiring the color and all that. And then a big boulder comes down and shuts that entrance. It's heavy, you push and push and push. You can't get it moving. You're trapped in there. God is saying this kind of emotions, you're trapped in there. Say, well, maybe I'll shout and wait for help. No reception on my phone. Then you begin to feel some things trickling on your back. Then you look, oh, Sand, sand, slowly coming in, pouring, pouring from the top, from the ground above you. Then you see, find it coming up. Then you remember the message, three feet, that's it, I'm there, right? So you better find somewhere to climb up. I'd rather sit on top uh, of that sharp thing than to let it be three feet above my, my ankles. It comes and comes and comes. You have that fear, you have that deep desire to get out of it. Now that's physical, alright? But this is exactly what God is saying. A fool's wrath is heavier than them both. Do not take this as a, a, a dismissible emotion, take it lightly and let it continue in your life, my life. Now I do find myself as I get older, I get more and more impatient, alright? Wearing shoes, oh, back pain, oh, and all that. 
I began to realize these are very bad things. Maybe I should ask Sharon after this. How does she feel whenever <coughs> my back? <coughs> it's Microsoft voice like that. <laughs> now sometimes it gives me parents. Why is my kid like that? Oh yeah. Why other people's kids are not like that? Why, why, why? You may think it's justifiable. My kid. It's true. Maybe your kid is more irritable, more, more disobedient than other people's children. But you say, no, I did not have an outburst. I did not take something and throw at a child, so I should be all right. No, this is the kind of wrath here that God is talking about. Vexed, annoyed. It is a common emotion. But every time you and I have it, think of us stuck in a cave, boulder in front of us, sand pouring in. I better, I better not get into that situation anymore. Then we have envy. The next one, envy. Another emotion. Now, what is envy? Well, we've described that a few times in church already. Envy, if you want to split hairs, all right, it's a bit different from... Um, jealousy, we've, we've said that many times. Now, jealousy is you're afraid to lose something that you have that rightly belongs to you, and you're afraid to lose it. Like, God is jealous of his, for His people, all right? We belong to Him. We should love Him, we should be faithful to Him. And when we go after idols, when we love the world, he is, there is holy jealousy. Husband and wife, there can be right jealousy as well. This emotion rises up when you see that your spouse is flirting with someone else or, or someone else is flirting with your spouse, right? So rightful jealousy can arise. But envy, envy, envy is desiring to have something that doesn't belong to you, that you don't have it. Envy is being provoked to think of what someone else has, and you begin to make comparisons. You begin to get upset. Now, isn't, don't you think that is a common emotion as well? It's interesting, this group, Tandok, Ferrucci, and Duffy, or Duffy, they made a study, a survey, and they say in recent study, they found that social media can cause powerful feelings of envy. And they say the study found that if Facebook users experience envy of the activities and lifestyles of their friends, they are much more likely to report the feelings of depression. So they know. Now, when people, they go on the internet and say, they went for this holiday, they have that. Look, their house looks like that. Look, wow, this person had a promotion. You know, all the things that you desire and you don't have. Emotions of envy occurs. Alright? So, envy is an emotion of wanting to possess someone, something. Feeling inferior, discontented. Now, resulting in certain hostile emotions. That is envy. Now, it is also not necessarily specific to persons. So don't think that, well, Pastor, I don't have this problem. I look around, I love my brethren, you know, no problem. 
no, envious. I remember that God says I should not be envious. But now this survey, they rightly point out that now envy may not be to specific persons because on, on the social media, you don't know the person. It's just an emotion, in the, especially the social media age, that arises in you, resulting in just general, general, um, general envy that occurs in us. Now, what are some examples of envy? Knowing that that is envy, am I envious? How do I know whether I'm envious? Alright, well, someone else at work getting more attention from the boss than you? Children in school, your classmate, your teacher likes your classmate better than you. Certain emotions rise up in you. Someone else gets praised, even in the home, between siblings. Another sibling gets praised, right? So, teens, young ones, I see parents smiling already, alright? Teens, young ones, these are emotions called envy. Envy. I'm using a laptop. I remember when I was buying a laptop, one of the models is called envy, right? Even the world says that this laptop is called envy. When you have it, people will be envious of you. They promote it means you have something better than others, stir the envy. Now, it's common position, common for even um, among parents. Your child likes to spend time more with the other spouse. Hmm? Then you have certain emotions arising in you. You want that kind of attention as well. Well, you want to say you cross between jealousy and all that, but there is something that you want that you don't have. You want more of it between spouses, between friends, singles. Well, envy can happen at weddings, isn't it? You're envious of, well, listen, another one got married. I'm still single. Another, uh, um, envious of a person, what they have. Parents can be, families can be envious of families that have children, more children than them, smarter children, whatever it is. Envy, very common. We just don't identify it. We just don't recognize it properly in us. Now again, what is, why must we avoid this emotion? Why? Look at verse 4. Wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous, but who is able to stand before envy? Now again, the three Ds. Envy is dangerous. Dangerous. God says, who can stand before envy? Now this wrath here in verse, verse 4. This wrath, different word. This wrath is, there is fury, alright? Yes, there is this boiling inside, but this is furious kind of expression. Now, God says you stand a better chance of surviving. Walking into a room full of gangsters, wicked, evil, malicious people, right? 
You walk in and say, oh, I look at their, their behaviors towards you, all right? It's obvious, menacing towards you. You stand a better chance surviving there than standing before envy. The other word here in verse 4, anger. Now, wrath is, stay at this, wrath is cruel. This kind of fury, wrath is cruel. It brings this, so it's obvious, it's this outward behavior to do something. They walk, with, walk towards you with this cruel um, intention and they will do it to you. Uh, we know that we are watching this war in Ukraine, isn't it? The envy of one man. Well, you can choose to disagree. A desire to possess what is not his, leading him to cruel, very cruel acts against innocent people. Envy is cruel. Hey, sorry, this kind of wrath, fury, make you do things like that. And then anger is outrageous. Again, another word, a different word for this kind of anger and fury. Uh, this one is about face. Your face is, is, is literally the word for like the face, the nose, the, the forehead, the expression. The expression. And these are obvious. Now God says, this kind of behavior, envy, will bring things that are more scary than cruel things happening to you, happening to others, and this kind of living in fear of someone. Envy is worse, it brings worse results than that. Now it's dangerous because God says, who can stand? It will lead to malicious acts. It's dangerous. Malicious acts. Now, you know, you can live with someone who, who have outbursts, alright? I'm not saying you should be, have outbursts, and should not deal with someone who has outbursts like that. But the thing about envy, you do not know what the person will do to you. It's in there. Now some of us can, we say, no, I'm not like that. Is it true? Is it true? We can have malicious intent and behaviors that comes out of envy. An example is this. An example is this. Now, you say, I'm not envious, Pastor, don't worry, I'm, I don't have to deal with this. Now, envy can be as simple as this. Someone at work, or your friend, or church member, has something that you want very much. Hmm? You don't get it. Maybe children in school, I'm so envious of that person, can't stand the person. Now then the person walks around, right? walks around, and then the person trips and falls into the drain. <laughs> Grace looks shocked. You look shocked. But you think of the person that you're envious. Will you still look shocked or you... <laughs> when you are happy, when you actually secretly have emotion, secretly may be something you don't recognize, you don't notice, but it's happening in you. Mm. Mm. Ah. ah, I told you so. Ah, good. Good. Teacher is scolding the teacher's pet. 
without realizing in, the, in your heart you actually feel quite happy. You actually wish, you actually wish unpleasant things on others. That is why it's such a dangerous emotion. Same at work, right? You've been wanting that position. You've been working very hard for that position. Not that you should work hard for positions. You already have that problem. And then someone gets that position, not you. What will you do? Let something, when something goes wrong, say, oh, good. Right? It can be in church as well. We'll see more of that afterwards. Now then the second one. It is, well, under, under envy, under, dis, under dangerous, is, it has dangerous effects on your health. Now, have you heard of this phrase, green with curry? Green curry? Green with envy. Green with envy. Now, I'll try to find out why do people say green with envy? Well, this linguist, they wrote, this phrase dates back to ancient Greeks who believe that envy, jealousies, can trigger bowel production, bowel, bowel, B-I-L-E, bowel production, and turn the skin slightly green, <laughs> a sign of sickness, all right? Turns you into a dangerous, sick person. I don't know how true that is, but that's how you come with the phrase green. Well, but we know that envy keeps you awake. Envy affects your appetite. You're just so upset, you used to laugh, whatever it is that you love to eat. But you turn up at the dinner, and then, oh, that person is there. Your best shoe you in front of you, no taste at all, nothing. It begins to affect your sleep, your health, again, your health, right? Dangerous, dangerous. But the second D, deceptive. The same, it is dangerous, it's deceptive, it's destructive. Deceptive. How is it deceptive? Now look at verse 4. Wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous. We already say these are outbursts, all right? Outrageous, overflowing, obvious on the face. This anger is like, you know, the face is all scrunched up. The, nose, the, the nostrils are all flaring, you know, when you're angry like that, right? <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> Flaring and then breathing, hot air, and then the, the forehead all scrunched up, outrageous, overflowing on your face. Now, these are obvious. It's cruel. You do things. These are obvious. But why is it deceptive? God said, but who is able to stand before envy? What is God saying? You know, you face all these very obvious things. You know it. Forewarned is forearmed. You know it. But envy, who can stand before? Because it is very silent. It is very deceptive. You can work with the person at work. You can serve with the person in church. You can sleep with the person at home. You can play with the person in school. But all the while, you're green with envy inside you. No one knows. They don't know. That's why God says it's very dangerous because it's very deceptive. It can be deceptive to ourselves as well, right? Until we begin to recognize, oh, you mean if, if something happens to someone I'm envious of, then I, have, I don't have emotions or feeling sad and worried for the person. Yes, that you already are harboring envy in you. Envy and wrath and envy is very contrary to love. Remember that. It's contrary to the Christian principle of love. 
deceptive. Won't you rather walk into a room and you know these people are, are um, dangerous, they are wrathful, they are angry, you can leave. Now, it is deceptive also because you can sound holy, you can sound helpful, but actually you're acting with envy. Now, if you come across situations like that, you ask a person for advice, then the person gives you advice, all right? Then you take it. And the advice sounds very logical. Now, even serving in church, you can be envious of someone who got a role, an appointment, or envious that someone else is getting the recognition, but you're doing the work, for example. Now, I want to deal with this because it's a very common emotion in all of us. None can say, I'm spared of this, I believe. Not the pastor, not the session members, not the lay people, um, the committee members. I think all of us have some of this in us. Then they give you advice. No, or you may be the one. You're envious of someone in church. Envious of someone at work in school. Then they ask you, and then you say, oh, you know, cannot be done. Yeah, it's not possible. But all the while, you know in your heart it's possible. But because of envy, you secretly, all right, secretly give that kind of advice that does not work. I've encountered this in churches that I've served in. Don't think that this will not happen. Now, angry, uh, envy is subtle. Why is it also deceptive? You and I can serve even God. You and I can do a lot of things at work, but it is out of envy, out of envy. Not sincere. We must search our hearts. Am I being a very good um, Sunday school teacher? Prepare my lessons well, I, I do well, make sure that the children well, they respond. Now, do you do it out of this competitive spirit? Well, the, te the children seem to talk about the other teacher more than me. They seem to, after church, run to the other teacher more than me. I'm going to be more zealous. Well, it's done out of envy. Very deceptive emotions. Whatever area of service that we are in. And then, well, it's deceptive also, in this sense. Well, of course, there are many examples. I'm just giving you something to think about. Now, your parents, you send children to enrichment classes, alright? What is the real reason? Is it truly, it enriches them, especially spiritually, more useful to God one day, if God willing? Is it real enrichment? Or is it envy? You have to ask yourself. Really dig deep and say, I'm putting my child through this because our neighbours, our school friends, our church people's children are in that. Is it because of that? I'm sending my child through this and that. Now, then lastly, it is destructive. It is destructive. How so? How so? 
Now remember the case of Joseph and his brethren. Genesis 37, 11 says, And his brethren envied him, the same word. And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the same word. His brethren envied him. We know the story. I don't need to tell you what they did to him. Now Joseph had just told them about what God had shown him. Now instead of being happy for him, it's your own sibling. You know how destructive, how dangerous, how deceptive, how destructive it happens in, it can happen in the family. You thought, oh, well, I love, we love blood relationships, right? So singles, are you also like that? You have to envy against someone in your own family. Now God just showed him that instead of being happy for him, instead of thinking, well, you know, God is going to do something marvelous and he's going to use Joseph. God is going to do something that, that will bring Israel, all right, to fulfill what he wants through Joseph. Wow, we can't, look, we can't wait for that to happen. But instead, the Bible says they envied him. Now, why is it destructive? You and I can do things, can do things such that we don't even care about our brethren. Worst of all, we don't care about the work of God. Even if it will destroy the work, even if it doesn't make the work of, work of God be better, even if it, doesn't, it means that other souls around us, souls in church, will not benefit from it, I'd rather, I'd rather harbour my envy and ensure that it doesn't happen. Envy is very dangerous. It's very destructive. You would let God's work be destroyed. Like say, the example, right, in the beginning, there are Christians who, well, I'm envious of this, I didn't get it, well, I give this advice, or when things go wrong, hmm, you fold their arm and say, see, see, pastor give the, the role to that person, uh. see, not fumble, right? Out of envy. You don't even care that, 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 that when the person falls or fails, the work of God, the name of God is affected, but you feel good, you feel good. You see how dangerous envy is? The other thing that is destructive is this. You, when you have envy, when you and I have envy, we can reach a stage where we rather that people don't get that thing, that God's people don't benefit, that um, the work of our God don't forward or something in the home goes alright. You rather have that. You rather have something destroyed than someone else have it. You know, I've come across cases where Someone say, you know, I want to court so-and-so and, and, and all that, all right? Several times, right? Not just on several times. So, and then the person will badmouth the other person because this person knows, well, the other person likes someone else. Now, I'm saying this because teens, you are go, going to grow up in, in church, all right? Singles, you're going to continue in church. Beware of this. When they feel that if I can't get this person, I will badmouth, I will slander, I will say evil thing about this person so that no one will get him or her. Do you understand how destructive envy is? It's the same at home. Your child likes daddy more, likes mommy more. Then when something, you just drop words to make them not like daddy and mommy without even realizing out of envy. It could be between in-laws, 
right? Dropping certain things about in-laws because there's envy. You don't care what it does to the other person. Now I've come across a person who in my life I thought has no mean bone in this person. No mean bone. I've never heard this person make a demeaning um, comment about others, gossip about others. No, none. But you know how destructive, who can stand? I think even we cannot stand before envy, right? if we have envy in ourselves. This person was a very good person. But when this person did not get what this person wanted, suddenly I heard things from the person's mouth, mean things, slanderous things, things which I don't know true or not. I never imagined this person would speak like that. It destroys you while you try to destroy others. Envy is a very dangerous thing. Joseph's brother, with envy, did not care. Did not care. Very destructive. Who can stand before it? What is the solution to all this? Now, I've given you three Ds. I've given you three Ds. So you say, doctor, 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 please help. All right? So I'll give you three R's, right? DR, DR, DR. We don't have time to go in detail, but suffice to say. Now, God, God's Word gives us these descriptions, these pictures in our minds, all right? For a reason. So we recognize the first R, so we recognize it. Do not dismiss, do not think these are things I like, do not think uh, this, uh, everybody have this, let it continue me in, my, uh, in my life. God says, imagine you in a cave, imagine the rock, imagine the sand. You want to get out of it, right? You want to avoid such situation because you know it is dangerous, deceptive and destructive. You have envy. You say, yeah, I'm like that, you know, if someone, something goes wrong, siblings, right? Something goes wrong, your daddy and mother scold someone else, yeah, in your heart, you have envy. Recognize it. That is why God gives these pictures. Now the second one, well, we know, recognizing is no use, repent. Repent. I have many things to repent of in this area. Right? As I grow older, I just get more impatient with things, more easily upset. I have to repent. Deal with it when you recognize it. And the last one, repenting, seek God's help to resist. By His grace, resist. Every time these emotions well up, every time these feelings come up, because you recognize it, you want to repent of it, now you resist it. Resist. Resist. Think before you speak. When it comes to envy, think before you think. <laughs> think before you think. When it's come up, I better think about this. What is it? Is it envy or is it genuine? So my friends, these are common emotions running ripe in us through the day. I say again, this is not so that you have better life, better friendships, better relationships. Envy can lead you to not care about God's work as long as you get what you want. You don't care about your family as long as you get what you want. You don't care about your friendship. You don't care if you are useless to God. These emotions, the reason why I'm covering this is these emotions makes us sinful. Because envy, you know what envy is? 
the other person has not done anything wrong against you. The only thing that the person is guilty of is the person has what God gives him and you don't have it. That's why you're discontented, envious. It is such a terrible sin. The person is, has not done anything wicked against us, but we harbor this kind of emotions. This makes us useless. You want to fix all this? Why? Better family life, better health. I get the role that I want? No. I want to fix this, God, because I don't want to be useless. You are coming back. You have reminded us in many of the thematic messages. I must be faithful. I must be useful. I want to be useful. Lord, don't let this kind of emotions that I allow in my life destroy me. Many people are very good in many churches. Very good. Very used. God give them exceptional abilities and talents, but cannot be used because they are envious people. Cannot be used. Let us deal with this. Let us pray.